We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. When we're not playing. I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. You bet it's Field of 68 After Dark on this Sunday night, March the 5th. On Sirius XM College, Channel 84. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. America. America, America, we are one week away from Selection Sunday. It is the most wonderful time of the year. The Field of 68 is where you need to go to get everything you need to know for March Madness. It's Championship Week. Tickets are getting punched. And this sport right now, is as wide open as you're going to see it. There is superstar power on display. You want big men? We've got them in college basketball. You want elite guard play? We've got that too. Experience? A plenty. Double-digit amount of teams that could win it all? Yeah. College basketball is healthy. Contrary to what some might be saying out there about the sport, that they wait to follow it, If you haven't been following it this season, you've been missing out. But if you haven't been following it, hop on the wagon. Listen to the advice. This sport is in for the wildest four weeks that you're going to find. Let's talk about it right now. I'm John Fanta. I'm your host. That sets the tone to what is going to be a great, great week. John Henson is with us tonight. Patrick Young is with us tonight. Let me start with you, Mr. Henson. We're one week away from Selection Sunday. You yeah. play. You played the game. Obviously, this mm-hmm. is that time, like in the ACC, now they're turning the page of the conference tournament. For a player, what's this week like when you know, okay, we're trying to win our conference tournament, but, man, I know, I know dancing is coming. So, uh, Roy Williams is well-documented, hates the uh, – cocktail party in Greensboro ACC tournament so we never really had much pressure on us to um 
I, I would say we want to play well, but there wasn't really pressure on us to win. Uh, especially my last two years, we had pretty much locked up a number one seed. Um, so it was more so about staying healthy and, and getting to the tournament. So we ended up losing early, but it's, 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 it's fun. It's a fun experience. All the teams get to go to your respective, wherever you have it in the, in the gym, the arena, your coach's house, you get to see where you get picked, selected. And I think this year is going to be even more fun because you're going to see some big time matchups like first weekend, right? Cause you got these 10 seeds that have underperformed in conference play but probably a lot better than they're seated. And so it's just a fun week, man. I, I'm excited for the selection show. Um, I'm excited to watch what happens because, like you said earlier, um, it is literally probably 10 to 12 teams that could take this thing. So it's going to be fun to watch. Man, John, this, you bring up a good point. I, you know, Coach Donovan, he was never stressing it too much for us to worry about yep. uh, winning the, the SEC tournament. We had some tough matchups. I mean, Kentucky, they were, they were dominant my freshman year. Uh, then my sophomore year was that Anthony Davis team. My junior and senior year, my junior year was the first time we had a chance to win it. Then uh, Marshall Henderson, that's why I hate Ole Miss to this day. <laughs> Henderson, uh, they knocked us out. And then my senior year, we won it. We beat Kentucky. Um, but, yeah, we we already knew, like, that. once that last regular season game, uh, was over. It was time to flip the script and and get focused mm-hmm. on whatever. Coach Donovan always said this: We're going up against a nameless, faceless opponent. We need to do our jobs with whoever we're matched up against. Um, if you have that great foundational um, belief and confidence and in, in system, it really shouldn't matter who you match up against. It's just on us. So, uh, but I gotta tell you, man, every opportunity you you get to, to cut some nets, cut some nets down, man, it feels good. It feels, yeah. it feels great does you know you you said it john that there's 10 to 12 teams that could win the national championship uh, I, I look across the country ucla is a team i feel so strongly about even yeah. with jalen clark uh, hopefully he's good to go and and obviously that's a that's a tough tough mm-hmm. thing with them to deal with but by the same token jame Hawkins is the epitome of a winner Tiger Campbell steers the ship for them. Mick Cronin, his teams just play nasty. They play nasty defensively. They're the team that I'm bullish on here of of those top teams that I think I buy the most in to win the national title. Our own Jeff Goodman had them in the preseason. I'll give him his flowers. John, who's the team or two that you've seen at the top of the country if you had to make a pick? that you just really like here out of the gates one week away from everybody filling out a bracket. I think we're, you know, I was, I'm going to concur with that UCLA okay. take, um, you know, we talked about earlier how, you know, we, we needed to have kind of a team that was a kind of a team that don't sleep on um, them kind of getting rat, uh, rattled up by Arizona state early in the first half and then coming out and, and beating them down and then beating Arizona at home pretty good. Kind of let you know, man. This team is no, no no one to play with. I mean, they've they've went through that gauntlet and and they're playing well. So UCLA is a team. I guess if you're not paying attention, um, you should probably pay attention to them now. Um, and and you know, I actually watched Houston. I love Houston. I, I watched them the day play. They 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 look so good. So man, relaxed. Memphis gave them, Memphis gave them all they could give them, yeah. and they they hung tight. They hit some big shots. Sasser so smooth. So you know. Houston and UCLA are my two teams that I'm kind of eyeing like, hey, these are the teams to be watching kind of, you know, come next week. 
Man, as, much, as much as it hates me to say it, Kansas has a real chance <laughs> back to back. Them boys are serious. They are. Them, I just, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's just because they, they're too passionate. Maybe I just, I don't like Kansas because the Jayhawks because they're just a little too passionate for me. I never played at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, I know that's a, a tough place to win, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, when you talk about Bill Self getting his guys ready, uh, at one point, the the talk was, oh man, they're not going to win the Big Twelve. They went on a rampage after what they lost three straight. No, yes, not the, yeah, three straight, mm -hmm. and just literally flipped the script. You know, I thought when they went into Kentucky and beat Kentucky, where they could have lost that fourth game, I'm like, man, these boys are the real deal. And um, I'm looking at Jalen Williams to to the Wilson to to definitely be a finalist and player of the year. He's been a stud. Um, I guess my my second team. Ah, man, UCLA, yeah, for sure. You know, I like Alabama. I do. I think because I'm obviously I'm an SEC guy. Um, I just don't know if their their style of play. You know, when they get cold, it's it's scary, man. Like they they they, they were one for sixteen in the first half. They, they just if they can't knock shots down, um, I just don't know if they have enough rebounding defense to come away with a tough matchup but Brandon Miller's sensational I, I I think I trust UCLA more than Alabama right now I don't trust Alabama right because they're too in love with the three-point shot in and, love, because, and you because you can't tell me that there's still not some level of distraction for that team at the end of the day <laughs> they won three games by five points or less they shot seven for 36 from three against Texas A&M seven for 36 they could die by the three they they could very well end up dying by the three somewhat early in the NCAA tournament if they're not careful Hanson and, and you, you Alabama I mean if you look at their last I mean four to five games you can't just come back every half it just doesn't work like that Texas right. A&M they, they tried to do the same thing against them and they lost you know they got caught up with them so um Alabama's going to be an interesting case study because they're probably the you know one of the top. They're, they're going to be a number one seed line, right? They're probably going to perform well in the tournament. So I wonder if there's a. It doesn't seem like it's distracted them from a basketball standpoint. What's going on with the with the Miller situation? However, um, you never know with the, with the tournament coming up. These questions are going to be asked, and and what kind of you know that media kind of circus that's going to be out there. You both, you guys both know it. You get to the NCAA tournament, there's the mandatory 20-minute press conference. Mm -hmm. What kind of questions did you get asked at those? Anything, everything. I mean, like, this, it's, it's and, and you know what? I, I, I'm going to assume, because Brandon Miller is a freshman, Nate Oates, because, you know, the coach picks, like, I guess, what, three or four guys, right, Pat, to, like, kind of, like, you know, upperclassmen yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I would assume that they're going to hold him off the podium. I'm, I'm just going to. Maybe throw it out there. We're going to try. Sure. We're going to try. We'll, we'll see. the we'll locker see. room's open, You're these right. people will come find him. Yeah. Those, those guys, right. those media members will go and find him. Hope they're, hope, hope they're training. Hope they're training to, to, hey, look, we're focused on the game that's over with, um, you know, and, and we're here. We're excited to play. Hopefully that's what the answer comes out of their mouths and they, uh, you know, play well. You, know, you think about the country here and you talk about Kansas. 15 quad one wins, not a single loss outside the top quadrant. Nobody else in college basketball has more than 11. And you talked about Jalen Wilson. How about the fact that Kansas 
is 19-0 when Dewan Harris scores at least six points. Dang, that's it? <laughs> All he has to do is get to six, and they're 19-0. When he's active, because Wilson's going to get his. And if Grady Dick's hitting shots, good night, because it just seems like he, he's the perfect Bill Self player. It's almost as if we're not talking enough about Kansas because there's a staleness because they won the national championship last year. So people know that they're great, but they have as much of a shot to win this thing as anybody. They do. They're balanced. They figured out how to play offense, not having a, a true five man. That's goes back to KJ Adams and what he has meant. They have yeah. a coach who's as good as anybody in the game. The Jayhawks can become college basketball's first team to repeat as national champion since Florida in 2006 and 2007 under Billy Donovan. And if Bill Self repeats, if Bill Self repeats, I think it's safe to say that he goes in the column of being college basketball's one of their four or five best coaches in the history of the sport. You got to throw them up there if they repeat. I, I like Kansas, too, because in a year of so many ups and downs and so much inconsistency, they're solid. Like, they're solid. Like, you're going to have to beat Kansas. You're going to have to beat them. They're not going to yep. beat themselves. It's going it's, it's gonna to be a ball game. And, A, may the best men win when you play them, right? Like, it's not going to be a letdown, right? So that's something to say in this college basketball season because I got a funny feeling, man. That first weekend is going to be – I mean – I'm, I, I want to say there's probably going to be a 15-2 upset. The way this college stuff is going, there's going to be some crazy little upsets. So Kansas being solid like that, I think uh, bodes well for them in the tournament um, because I, it's – I don't know what to think. I mean, we even started talking about the Big Ten. I mean, it's from two to two to eight. is half a game, one game. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's nuts. No, John, off of that – or Fanta, off that one stat you just said, on Dewan Harris because we know yeah. his, his playmaking ability. It's like not much is being asked to you. And as the point guard having the ball in your hand majority of the time, you can really pick and choose your spots of getting something quick, getting something uh more open. See and that that alone, that's so scary. 19 and 0 when he scores six at least I thought you were going to say 10. You said six points. That's that's I mean you can go get fouled, just get to the line. Just run ISO for right the beginning of the beginning of the game. Look, once you if you score over six, we win this game. So go ahead, do your thing. Right. Oh man, um, I really like KJ Adams the way that he plays. He plays so friggin' hard. Um, he's a bit. I think he's the problem on the offensive end in, in the pick and roll with his athletic ability, his length. Uh, having the senior senior Kevin McCuller was a one of the best pickups transfers in the country. We know he's not going to do a, a whole lot offensively, but Having that, he's the, he's the glue guy. Um, does it on both sides. Great defender, rebounds. Um, that he pushes them to the edge of being that team that is, as you said it, one of the, the potentially the next the next team to go back to back since Billy Donovan in 06 and 07. Yeah, and here we are talking about a Kansas team that did lose this weekend. But guys, you're you're gonna lose in the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, the Big Twelve is college basketball's best conference, and it's not all that close. I actually think that loss to Texas is a good thing for Kansas. Is a good thing for Self ahead of the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. Kansas had won seven in a row. Henson, I love. 
that you called the ACC tournament a cocktail party. That is fantastic. Hey, coming up after the break, we will dive into the Big Ten, which the guys just brought up. How wide open is this conference tournament going to be? The bracket was just finalized this evening. We'll break it down. I'm going to have these guys pick a winner of the Big Ten tournament. That's next. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Sirius XM. All right, Trevor Valise is our producer. Trevor, let's open up the chat. What questions do we have tonight? Good evening. Good evening, fellas. We got a lot of chat questions rolling in as per usual. Uh, one early on here from Joe. How much do you guys think injuries will impact seeding when it comes to teams like UCLA with Jalen Clark, Xavier with Fremantle, etc.? It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. At, at this point, Zach Fremantle's out for the year. Jalen Clark, we're waiting on an MRI result, but the seating's not going to get impacted because of injuries. You know, like like Xavier doesn't get cut. Xavier's without Fremantle for the remainder of the year. So what are you going to say? Oh, because they they had Fremantle. And it's also, Xavier's played pretty well without Zach Fremantle. Yep. Real talk, they're better defensively without him. They're not. Their seating doesn't get affected by those injuries. I, I think the only time an injury would impact anything was like. You know, if there's a fringe, you're, you know, friend, you know, friends of a two or three seed, maybe a friends of a one or two is a kind of a toss up and there's a, your star players injured, but I don't think that matters in Xavier's case. What, what was his injury? Ah, oh, foot. Oh, man. Right. Hey, quickly from Rob Doster in the chat, Henson in his prime, PY in his prime, one on one to 11, who wins? No twos. Why, why are you trying to I'm not an offensive guy, so this would be a nasty game. However, whoever wins. Ten seconds. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't a huge offensive guy either. I just know uh, John. Tell Rob, that's a trash oh, question. Go. Like, does he even watch basketball? Me and Pat aren't even one on one guys. He just I would just try to jump hooks and jumpers. Jump hooks. And... <laughs> no jump shots for me. No jump shot. Maybe one. Just because yeah. you know, blocked my shot five times at that yeah. point. <laughs> I mean, you were defending yourself too, so I mean, it, it's gonna be real nasty. I wouldn't be able to like get. I mean, I probably have to shoot. I mean, I'm not gonna be able to bully him. I was two fifteen yeah. in college, bro. Man. What What does it take being a great shot blocker besides just having Lee? Uh, it's instinctual, man. God given kind of abilities, man. I can't explain it. Um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that I've just had, man. So, you know. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> one, of the, one of the coolest stories I think I heard, uh, I think I was talking to when we had the same agent. Uh, I think you were going to your NBA workouts and um, someone, somebody said, John, just disrupt this whole workout. Like, yeah. don't let anybody, don't let them evaluate anybody else by being a, a straight disruptor. And I'm like, yep. damn, that's crazy. And you did. Yep. Like, yep. like yep. everything. <laughs> That was like a, that was like the Golden State workout. They um, bro, they they brought me and Jared Soldier in, and then these two like I don't even remember, bro. These two like seven foot, two forty, two fifty guys. They were just throwing us around. <laughs> I was like, Yo. uh, they wanted to draft Harrison Barnes anyway, so it was like a pointless workout. So that, I found that out after too. So they just wanted to just have a little fun. Kind of messed up. As we welcome you back to the Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM College Channel 84 on this Sunday night, March the 5th. Patrick Young and John Henson were just talking through if they were to play one-on-one, but it was a question that we got from our YouTube chat from one 
Robert Doster. And, and the question was just, John Henson basically sent the question into Mars. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's just like Rob asked, hey, are we one-on-one? I mean, yeah, me and Pat can play one-on-one, but it wouldn't be, it'd be, it'd be a, at least on my end, it'd be a sight for sore eyes. I'm going to be yeah, honest. He's not going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> some hook shots like yeah maybe yeah. some jumpers step backs you know we'll have a good time i'll be trying stuff yeah <laughs> i'll be out there trying some new stuff it's like what the hell are you doing it's like i don't know yeah, trying to score exactly exactly all right let's talk about the big 10 here it was a loaded day in the conference final day of league play and the big 10 bracket is set everybody just getting finalized this evening with Northwestern capping off a road win over Rutgers. We'll get to the Scarlet Knights here in a moment. So you've got 11th seed Nebraska taking on the bottom-seeded Minnesota Golden Gophers in the opening round. Wisconsin-Ohio State in the other matchup. Buckeyes have actually shown some flashes here in recent weeks. Wisconsin, a team that, well, floated around the bubble conversation, and here they are at the as a 12th seed with more than enough work to do. You've got these four teams at double buys. Top-seeded Purdue, who will meet the winner of Michigan Rutgers. For all intents and purposes, the Scarlet Knights and Wolverines game has become a play-your-way-out game. If the loser of that game has now really not given the committee any reason to put them into the field, the winner of that game stays alive, and we'll see what happens. It'll be Michigan State against the winner of Iowa and either Wisconsin or Ohio State. So that's the top side of the bracket. The bottom side of the bracket has Chris Collins and second-seeded Northwestern with a double bye. Give Chris Collins an extension yesterday. Northwestern is the best story in the Big Ten. It's amazing what this team picked at the bottom of the league has done this season. boo booey. Chase Audige, leaders, killers, defenders. They're tough. So the Wildcats get a double bye. They'll take on either Illinois or Penn State. Good 7-10 game in that conference tournament. You get Jalen Pickett on one side. Illinois has been all over the place. Then Indiana's the final team with a double bye. They are the three seed. They're at the bottom of the bracket. Hoosiers will get either Maryland or Minnesota Nebraska. So you look at this conference tournament bracket. You look at the Big Ten. Patrick, I'll begin with you. Who wins this conference tournament? Man, I like Indiana. I like Indiana a lot. And maybe that's just because I'm a trade, big Trace Jackson Davis guy. Um, but I think with uh Hood Shafino, with uh, I think they I think they have the depth and the tools to get it done. Um they've exceeded my expectations today. Obviously, it was a tight game uh, with, between Michigan. I thought it was a must for, for Michigan to try and solidify their spot, but they just didn't have enough. I, I'm taking Indiana uh, to get it done. I think I think they've shown the ability. I think they've they've gone six and zero this year uh, against Purdue. I, I just saw the stat. They've pretty much beaten everybody that they needed to beat since 1992. Uh, six and zero in those games. I I, for, I forgot the stat, guys. Forgive me, but I think they have the greatest ability uh, to get it done, and I'm standing on that. I, you know, I like Indiana, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go an outlier here because Michigan played Illinois tough overtime at their crib. 
Michigan played Indiana today tough at the crib. Indiana had to fight back. So I'm going to go a desperate Michigan. Okay. To win. Wow. I'm going to go a desperate Michigan because I love how they've been playing. I mean, they, they played with a little swagger. They lost the last two games, but I think they're in a spot where they they need to win, and I, I I think as of late, I mean they've lost games, but they look they look good, man. And and I think you know Jawan Howard has the most tournament wins in the last three years of any Big Twelve coach as well. So there's a little bit of experience in that as well. So I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go outlier with the Michigan the Wolverines. You think if if they if they beat Purdue, I don't want to skip over Rutgers, but if they beat Purdue, they're in. I think so. Yeah, like I, I just think like this that's the man, that's the mandate. Hey, look, we gotta win we gotta win a couple games and. And who knows, you know, who knows what could happen because of Big Ten. I mean, who's to say, you know, Ohio State or Wisconsin doesn't, it's a neutral court. And we know home court advantage in the Big Ten has been such a kind of a big thing. So it's going to be fun. That is one tournament that I wish I could be in attendance for, man. That is going to be fun to watch because a lot all uh, those early games really matter. Those games, like ACC, like the Boston College versus the, um, who they're playing Louisville like that doesn't matter oh, the first games in the big the first day matters so that is going to be an all out blast to watch those games in that tournament oh man you know <laughs> I, I, I just Purdue had a, a week in which they reasserted themselves winning mm. the two games they beat Illinois today Illinois is the team that I want to fall in love with in this league, but they they just have been so inconsistent for a moment. I cannot believe. I mean this. I cannot believe Rutgers fall. It's stunning. They have been a shell of themselves over the last month. They have not played connected basketball. Offensively, they're not good. And they have just fallen off a cliff. That was a tournament lock a month ago. Right. I mean, they were firmly hey, in. Tournament teams, got... tournament teams don't lose the games they're supposed to win. Yeah, that. they lost to Minnesota. And tonight, they lose at home to Northwestern, who's been great. But, man, I, the Scarlet Knights, they've never made three straight NCAA tournaments. We all thought that drought would end. It's crazy to see their fall from from what looked like a promising position. You know, you both have to, you both have not picked them. <sighs> even though, even though last Sunday they lost by a dozen to Ohio State, Illinois wins the Big Ten tournament. Wait, wait, hold on. Does Matt? Does Matt Mayer? Matt Meyer? How many? How many monster energy drinks does he need for that to happen? 28. <laughs> Matt, Matt Meyer needs to keep that to himself. That 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 is something you keep to yourself. Like as as a as, as a being evaluated as from pro professional, like pro personnel. Like, can you imagine what these scouts and GMs were thinking? Or like when they heard him say that, like, wait a second. You had two, you had six monsters after a game and you couldn't come to practice. Like Matt Meyer, you're supposed to just keep that to yourself, man. Come on. Hey, and then and then uh, I think after the game they won, I forgot who they beat. He shows up at the podium with two monsters right there. Nigga. Is he <laughs> gearing up for the NIL deal? Is that what he's doing? I get he's it. I guess I, can, I, I guess I guess I should be something. That could be something. He's trying to. Oh man, that's hilarious. 
What are you doing, bro? I still couldn't believe that. Um, 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 and what are you thinking? But by the same token, Matthew Meyer is Matthew Meyer. There's only one of them, and he is unique. But he gives them a winning edge. Yeah. Illinois can win the Big Ten tournament. I'm going out on a limb, and I'm predicting them to win the Big Ten tournament because I like Brad Underwood's team in that setting. I think they're a momentum-based club. Penn State's going to be hard. It's not going to be an easy game. But at the end of the day, they've got a lead guard in Terrence Shannon who can make things happen and set people up. Matthew Meyer is a big-time shot maker. Like, Meyer can hit three or four in a row. All of a sudden, you need a T.O., and you're thinking, what just happened to us? Coleman Hawkins needs to be great in this tournament. All the Coleman Hawkins criticism, all the downward talk, all the negativity, enough. Put it to bed. Show them why you're one of the best in the Big Ten. Illinois' problem isn't talent. Illinois' problem is sometimes that there's two or three days before some of their games. I like the fact that they can just get up and keep playing. Illinois is built to win the Big Ten tournament. I like that. I like that, uh, Fanta. I think it's important to uh, for Illinois, obviously not to play through him, but to make sure he gets touches, day in danger. Um, he he can he can get some buckets, touch down in the paint, consistency. Uh, kind of haven't heard his name a lot uh, as of late. Can't forget about the big. You can never forget about the big fella. Can't never. forget about the never. big fellas. Now, did um, Purdue show you anything this week? They get two wins. They they got a big performance uh, today from their guards. Better performance. Did they show you anything? And and do you guys have faith in Purdue? Uh, Purdue's in a similar position to like. I mean, I would say Purdue's in a position to where, you know, coaches and they're like, "Hey guys, we need to take this tournament serious. Hey guys, we need to try to win some games." When in reality, um, we're not going to know what Purdue is until we see them. In, in the field um, because their motivation is going to be lacking. And as we know in college basketball, as you saw with the Texas win, um, you know, with Michigan kind of taking every, like you, you need a little bit of motivation, you know, these, these times. So Purdue is Purdue's fine. They did what they needed to do. If they go out and win this tournament and they run through these teams, um, you know, obviously I think that gets them a number one overall seed. I think that, who is who's you guys number overall seed anyways? I was I'm curious. Just quick, I don't quick. think they're I don't think they're the number yeah. one overall seed if they yeah. win the Big Ten tournament. No? I don't. Okay. okay. I, I myself don't. Here's my thing. If Kansas wins the Big 12 tournament, yeah. they're my number one overall seed. Yeah, I can give them that. We got, where, where is Kansas on? Is Kansas on the two line in the field of 68? They're on the two line. Yeah. I, I'll give them that. If Kansas wins the Big 12. Mm-hmm. You gotta go. You gotta. You gotta push number. Is one UCLA overall. on the field of sixty-eight two line as well? They gotta be. They were. They were on two line the last time I did this, but this is different. It, they, checking right Arizona. now. Field, fielding the sixty-eight, which is every Monday and Friday, five Eastern time on our platforms. UCLA was a two in their Friday bracket reveal. They had Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue on the one line. Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Purdue on the one line. Rocco Miller as well as Lucas Harkins, Brad Wachtel, Andy Bottoms. Catch the show tomorrow, 5 Eastern time, every Monday and Friday. They'll break it down. But right now they've got Bama, Houston, Kansas, Purdue. I don't think Purdue's the number one overall seed, but if they win the Big Ten tournament, even if they get to the final, they should be on the one line. They stay on the one line. So 
say they they make it, they they make it to the final game. They don't win it. UCLA, oh. UCLA wins it. Is that yeah. not eh, no? It's tough. UCLA it's doesn't tough own as many quality wins. Yeah, yeah mid, sure. mid mid major league mid major conference. I mean, produce up on them in. Uh, <laughs> did you just call the Pac-12 a mid-major? Yeah, top very very top heavy, extremely top heavy, extremely <laughs> top heavy. Like Arizona has kind of faltered, right? Like wh- what's going on with them? And I don't think I've ever seen a team limp into March do anything. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what Arizona does and what their seeding is because they're kind of they're they're on the edge right now, man. They're, I mean, the bracket I have, which was probably a month ago, they're on the number one line. So that should tell you something about what happened with them. After UCLA made it to the Final Four, out of being an 11 seed, anything is possible in my mind. I can't, I can't even. Yeah, anything is possible. We could very well see a double-digit seed make the Final Four this year. Maybe we'll try to scour through some teams and pick one for you all tonight to be smarter when you take out your pencils for Selection Sunday, which we're going to have full coverage for you on the Field of 68. We're going to pause here, take a quick timeout. You're listening to the Field of 68 After Dark Sirius XM. You're clear. All right, it's time to tell you guys about something very special we have going on, the Field of 68. This season, we are partnering with Run Your Pool who will be hosting the official Field of 68 Bracket Contest. Rob Doster has actually worked with Run Your Pool before, which is why he was so excited to land this sponsor. They have more than 50 game types for every sport you can think of, from a traditional bracket pool to survivor games, head-to-head games. You can pick games, and Rob's favorite squares. Scoring is customizable. You can tailor your bracket rules to your pool. It is awesome. But here's the best part. Run Your Pool is giving away in cash prizes for free. Just sign up at the link in the description, play.runyourpool.com slash field 68. That's F-I-E-L-D 68. Fill out a bracket and be eligible to win. We hope to see you guys on March 12th. Real ones already know what that date is. Run your pool chance to beat guys like us you, you want to beat Henson you want to beat. you will take great pride in beating Jeffrey Goodman great pride there's no there's no way Jeff has much right yeah. on his bracket we have five seconds get to it, get to it. I'll get to it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM Channel 84, John Fanta, John Henson, Patrick Young. Sunday night, March the 5th. One week from Selection Sunday, which means it's time to also track some bids. Those 32 automatic bids to the NCAA tournament. We've got five tickets punched out of the Atlantic Sun. A program that won one game, one game in the 2019-20 season. Amir Rahim. Kennesaw State, the Owls, are going dancing for the first time. They beat Liberty. It was an awesome scene. The Owls, congratulations to Kennesaw State. They joined NCAA Division I in 2009. They win the Atlantic Sun. UNC Asheville, from 14 down with over seven minutes to play against Campbell, Asheville comes back to shock the Camels. And Drew Pember who is somebody that you can get behind automatically. He's going to get to play in March Madness. Amazing comeback by Asheville. They win the Big South Championship. Drake wins Arch Madness. They are loaded with experience. I'm calling it right now. Drake's winning an NCAA tournament game for the second time in three years. Bulldogs win the Missouri Valley Tournament. FDU, Tobin Anderson, unbelievable story. Last year, that program was in the basement of the country. FDU wins by default since Merrimack's not eligible. That rule is terrible. But FDU is going dancing out of the NEC and in the Ohio Valley, Southeast Missouri State. SEMO. SEMO. They win the Ohio Valley. They are going dancing. More bids to be handed out tomorrow night, folks. Furman and Chattanooga for the SOCON. Jake Stevens is now back for Chattanooga. Dan Earl taking that job from VMI. Elevating to the mocks. Furman, Bob Ritchie's got Mike Bothwell. He's got a veteran core. Remember, we had their game back in the Greenville Winter Invitational in December on the field of 68. Furman's loaded with talent. They're loaded with experience. Chattanooga's got Stevens, the heavy hitter. SoCon Finals going to be high level tomorrow night. We'll cover it on After Dark at 11 Eastern time. But we turn now to the Blue Bloods, to a couple of Blue Bloods. We're going to talk North Carolina. I'm sorry, John Henson, but it's time. <laughs> it's time for me to for me to get an RSVP <laughs> from Hubert Davis and North Carolina. They would have had to have been invited to my party, which, as you all know, they were not invited. And on Saturday night, Duke got their revenge. They got their yeah. revenge. And as we talk tonight, gentlemen. North Carolina got a nice win over Virginia after their loss to NC State. Sorry, unlike the majority of the people that cover this sport that gave them a pat on the back for beating Florida State and Notre Dame, we don't, <laughs> we don't give pats on the back for beating bad teams. You had to beat Duke. It didn't happen. Henson, the floor is yours here on the Tar Heels going into the ACC tournament, which, in my opinion, they now have to win. So, um... Shout out to Duke for having, I mean, Shire and his staff for having a great game plan 
you 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 tell they they pretty much said leaky black if you beat us we will go home they really had nothing to lose it was a great game plan so you had uh lively guarding armando baco and you had a seven foot filipowski sitting in his lap the whole night and so you know it, it it was a tough. I, I literally when I saw the the when I saw the game plan, I knew it was gonna be a tough game for them. They weren't hitting shots. They weren't hitting threes. They'd been on fire from three the last two or three games. So this was a, probably a natural regression in stats. Um, and it's just been an epitome of the North Carolina season. Can't hit shots. A lot of bad shots. And uh, it caught up with them. So now this cocktail party turns into what used to be a cocktail party turns into a must win. Get your rest, buckle up your boots, type of situation. And so, you know, the Tar Heels, this is they're gonna have to put all leave it all on the floor. Um, I certainly think that they can beat any team in the field. Virginia, probably in the second round, is gonna be really tough on a neutral court. But um, you know, just the, the type of basketball they play, kind of low, lower possession, you know, not really scoring. It's just not the Tar Heel basketball we're used to seeing. And this year, I don't know what changed in the in the in, in the players. I don't know what changed in the coaching philosophy, but it, it, it wasn't the year. So we're gonna hope for a miracle. I'm still riding with my boys, and um, you know I'm gonna be glued in onto the TV to see see if they respond. And if Tarios can make a miracle run to the AC tournament, I you know it's saying a lot, but I think that they could beat anybody in this field um, when they get to that tournament time, if they get to that tournament time. And that's we don't why, we, we don't want to be a fantasy party anyways. <laughs> and that's why they're the biggest disappointment in the sport. Right. Because there's never they, been a what? There's never been a national championship preseason number that hasn't made the tournament, right? That is the number one. That no, is a that. that is a record of futility that I pray does not come to fruition. You, you do not want to be remembered as that. Going out. No, sir. Patrick, what do you make of North Carolina? I mean, I've, I've been confused. Go uh, oh, easy on us. I, I just remember last year, um, last season, Hubert Davis's uh, first year, we were talking about how this isn't a great offensive rebounding team. And there was so much criticism going forth of cohesiveness. And they flipped the script and should proved everybody wrong. I don't know if coming into this season, if there was just a, because uh, I, I remember going into my senior year, we were a top team projected to be a top 10, whatever. And we kind of just assumed we were just going to walk into great greatness versus understanding, Hey, nah, forget what happened last year. You got to literally lay that, that new foundation down to create the culture again. I just, I'm just curious. I don't know what's been, been inside the locker room and, and everybody seems like great guys for sure. Um, on that squad. I just, I'm just confused how the fall from grace has been so hard. Shot select, as you said, John, some bad, some just terrible shots. Just like, what the heck are you doing? Some games are just like, how do you not win this game? How do you not close out? How do you not give the ball to Armando? Give the ball to, and that's not even cliche. Armando is, is potentially going, you know, on that list for finalists as player of the year. So um, I think it seems as though Caleb Love has sometimes lost his swagger. Um, I don't know, man. Brady Manick obviously is gone. You just wonder, was he that integral of a piece? Yeah, he was. But you wouldn't think they would lose it that badly. 
Yeah, I, I just think Duke was a, it was a game plan game. Shire and his staff put together a game plan. Like I said, Leaky Black shot the ball 16 times. Wow. So, you know, they, they left it up to him to win the game, and he didn't hit enough shots, unfortunately, you know, in that setting. Um, he's been a better three-point shooter overall, but, you know, Armando can't do much with Lively on the front side of him and Filipowski on the help side. I mean, it's not much he can do. So that's and, – and, and being, you know, one of the bottom three-point shooting teams in ACC with a big boy down there like that, you know, if you're not hitting threes – you're going to lose. And, and and the game was close throughout the stretch. So like it, a couple possessions could have went either way. But like I said, I think that was a game plan lost by them. I don't know if I, I don't think that North Carolina was ready for what Duke had for them defensively. And uh, they couldn't adjust. Look, proof that it's not all anti blue bloods or any of that. I think Duke could very well make the sweet 16. Wouldn't surprise me at all. You know why? Unlike North Carolina, Duke's freshmen have gotten better because they've gotten plenty of opportunities. And Kyle Filipowski is a beast. Yes. He, he plays with John Shire's competitiveness. He really does. He, he has been fantastic for the Blue Devils. And they're not a great perimeter shooting team. It wasn't pretty against Carolina, but they just did out game plan UNC. And they've got a lead guard in Jeremy Roach who can steer traffic. Duke's good enough to be in the second weekend. They've gotten better as the year's gone on. They've won six in a row. And the ACC's not as bad as people say it is. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. North Carolina thought they could mosey in and ride the coattails of what happened last year. And the fact is, that's not how it works. You got two guards. In Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, who don't really coexist well at all. They haven't coexisted well all year. You could blame one over the other. It is what it is. They don't mesh. You've got an All-American in Armando Baycott. All-American. Yep. And the inability to do what is simple and get him the basketball is why this team is on a path to not hear their name on Selection Sunday. It has been a failure. Now, the great programs and coaches learn from these things and say, how will we respond? Yep. Carolina's not winning the ACC tournament. I'm sorry to ruin John Henson's hopes <laughs> and dreams. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's what people want to happen because they want North Carolina to be in the NCAA tournament. But guess what? College basketball has survived when Kentucky lost in the first round of St. Peter's or Kentucky missed the NCAA tournament two years ago. College basketball will survive when North Carolina doesn't hear their name called in the NCAA tournament on Sunday night. It is what it is, folks. They don't deserve to be in. And that's their own and, damn fault. And and quite honestly, I think I was on the last team that didn't make the tournament. Um, I, if I remember correctly, we, we went to the NIT. But the next two years, we won the ACC two years in a row. We were number one overall seed two years in a row. So hopefully this is like a jolt because I'm going to be honest with you. When we lost to Dayton in the Madison Square Garden, I shed tears. And I said, this is not what I came to school for. This is what is going on. 
I, I like it, but it put a fire and a passion inside of me and my teammates and within the program that kind of carried us to that next year. And we won the AC, ACC the next year and all was okay. So, you know, John, that's a great point. The NCAA tournament, college basketball will go on without a blue blood in the tournament. And, you know, like Kentucky did, we'll have to rebound. And uh, hopefully this summer, it's a motivation factor, man. So uh, I'll definitely be up there, man, with the guys, you know, playing, you know, working out with them. And, and uh, so we're going to hope they win the AC tournament. But if not, hey, look, it's not the end of the world. You're right, John. Hey, coming up on the other side, we'll talk about drama down at Texas Tech with Mark Adams. Plus, we'll stay in the state of Texas with those Houston Cougars who were tested by Memphis, but show why they will be a number one seed on Selection Sunday. And before we go to break, Marshall Weber with the chat comments of the night saying, Louisville will win the ACC tournament. (laughs) Go to break. Go to break. We'll take a break. This is After Dark, Sirius XM. Oh, Marshall. We had someone in the chat the other night say, if Louisville won the ACC tournament, what seed would they be? Would they be a 16 seed in the tournament? They'd be the first ever 17 seed. By the way, Marshall, if you actually mean that at all, I hope you're high, drunk, or both. What questions do we have, Trevor? <laughs> uh, somebody did ask this, and I know, Fanta, you hit on this. Can Drake win a game in March? And I know you you believe that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and they've got DeVries. They've got Tucker DeVries. He's big time. They're balanced. Darnell Brody's a really good big Are they, they going to be their 15 seed? No, they'll be like a 12 or a 13. Okay. I mean, right now... The five twelve. There's been a one. There's been a one. There's been one five twelve winner every year for like the last what ten years or something, right? Yeah. yeah. What else we got? Uh, here's one from 30. the chat. Also from me. I'll make it quick. Illinois is playing Penn State for the third time. They've lost both. General question: How do you guys feel about playing a team the third time you've already lost to twice? It's harder when you Hard. Penn State. If you had Penn State, yeah, it's harder. It's harder when you beat someone twice. When you lost. It's, it's fun, right? Like, you know, but it's it's hard to beat someone three times in anything. I mean, darts, cards, basketball. So it's going to be interesting. I remember my freshman year, or my, which year was it? My sophomore year, we lost to Kentucky all three times. That was the Anthony Davis team. And we got better as the season went on. We played them, but they got, they got better too. So it just, we were deflated after that last one. We were like, dang, man, we, we gave them literally everything we had. I don't, I don't think on our best day we would have beaten them. Patrick Young, John Henson telling stories tonight. The former Florida Gator, former North Carolina Tar Heel, one week from Selection Sunday. This is Field of 68 After Dark. I'm John Fanta. We're presented by Bet Rivers. And, hey, Field of 68 Daily is Mike Miller's daily newsletter. You can get caught up on everything you need to know college basketball. If you don't subscribe yet, what are you doing? This is the week to do it. Field 68 Daily is a must-read. It's in the inbox every morning. It's perfect with a cup of coffee and a donut. That's my prescription every single weekday for College Hoops content. Um, Let's talk about the big news of today, reported first by Jeff Goodman, 
exclusively by Jeff Goodman, Stadium Basketball Insider. We go down to Lubbock with this big news. Texas Tech suspending Mark Adams, their head coach, pending an investigation following a, quote, inappropriate, unacceptable, and racially insensitive comment made to a player last week. Adams told Stadium that the comments he made were not racist and that he was quoting a Bible verse when he told one of his players that there is, quote, always a master and a servant, end quote. Adams told Goodman that he wasn't, that he was quoting the scripture and that it was a private conversation about coaching and when you have a job being coachable. Adams clarified with the scripture verse, um, and Adam said, I said that in the Bible that Jesus talks about how we all have bosses and we all are servants. I was quoting the Bible about that. Adams, who was 66 years of age, addressed the team the following day, but said it was to explain the situation. He said he did not apologize for his oh. remarks. Now, that's one incident. Here's the other incident, folks. There's a separate incident that Jeff Goodman's reporting earlier in the season that the school is also investigating. This is Texas Tech coach Mark Adams, in which Adams spit on the same player. Adams told Stadium he had gone to the doctor, had a bad cough, and slobbered on the player during the game. Here's a quote. I can spit on you whenever I want to. One person close to the situation said Adams responded to the player. Adams told Jeff Goodman of Stadium. He doesn't remember ever saying that, end quote. Patrick Young, your reaction to this Mark Adams saga? Which one? <laughs> Let's start with the Bible verse. You, you are a, you're, you're a very religious-based person, yeah. uh, as am I. Uh, what do you make of that situation? Uh, you know... I, I want to give maybe, you know, I always want to try to give the, the benefit of the doubt and maybe he had great intentions in using that scripture to, to get to a point of a player being coachable and how he is striving as his authority. Um, he sees the vision and striving to help his player. I just, you know, there's, there's plenty of other Bible verses that help get to that point um, that could, do do the do the same job. Um, I think um I, I I don't know if that was just the right move in general, because you never know how somebody's going to internalize or take something. So it's it's always kind of better to ease on the more cautious side, especially if you're going to use I'm, I'm not sure for this player, but maybe they are very spiritual and they didn't like that how that scripture was taken out of context uh for him or just the way that it was used. Um, especially if this this player doesn't have a great relationship and maybe this player is struggling with with submitting to authority and in, in, in the sense of having a coach that's trying to coach you. Uh, so if that area is already kind of um, uh, contentious, you know, maybe he, he's he's it's going to be hard for him to even absorb whatever message Coach Adams is going to say, especially if that spinning incident is what happened before. I just can't see, uh, you know, the methods in which Coach Coach uh, Adams took where Wake Adelon, especially if it's the spitting thing. You know, my, my coach spits on me. I don't really care what you got to say. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know if I could take seriously and, and and especially you're trying to do throw some scripture at me with your hypocritical uh, leadership. Then it'd be really hard for me to 
Because then I, my mindset would say, you know, you're a terrible leader. Why am I going to submit to you? That's That would be my mindset. Yeah, um, I think Pat hit it on the nail. I mean, there's, I mean, the Bible's pretty um, expansive. So there's a lot of other things he probably could have said that could have been a little, I guess, better taken. Um, you know, the big thing for me that I see is his emphasis on not apologizing. Um, I think that's what probably got people up in arms the most about it pretty much saying, Hey, I'm not apologizing for what I said. It was a scripture of the verse. And so, you know, that's his prerogative. And I understand that as, as a male. Um, but I think the lack of sympathy or empathy was, is probably my biggest issue with the situation. Um, you know, if a player misunderstood, even in the spitting incident, you know, if something was misunderstood or something happened, it's, you have to address it, apologize, say it was a mistake on the, on the spitting incident and the Bible incident. So um, for him to kind of just, keep kind of being adamant that I'm not apologizing. This is what, I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. They're going to investigate it. Um, they'll get to the bottom of it, obviously. Um, but just an unfortunate situation, um, you know, for college basketball and the kids there, man, because, you know, no one wants to kind of deal with that as a player or parents as well. So hopefully that, that school kind of figures that out. And if he did do those things, uh, he needs to be let go. So we'll see what happens. So there are two takeaways that I have from this story from when it came out. Uh, Jeff Goodman reporting that that Mark Adams um, had an incident in which he spit on a player. Another incident in which he shared a, a scripture package passage that he was talking about with a player. And uh, the player brought it to the university's attention. So this is getting investigated. There are two, two takeaways that I have from this whole instance. Number one. Number one, if Mark Adams spit on a player, he says he was slobbering. There's a sharp difference between me talking with John Henson and unfortunately, because I uttered a word loudly or had a T or a P, yeah. that has to happen uh, versus spitting on a player. Mm. If Mark Adams spit on a player, he should never coach again. He should never see a sideline again. He should never be a leader of men again. You don't spit on people. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. Number two, on the scripture passage, no question that, 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 that the nature of the story is interesting. Um, but it's not about what happened there. I would be able to maybe consider giving Mark Adams a pass on that particular story. Had he been apologetic and explained a little bit more with humility on what happened. Right. But when someone does something wrong and they try to explain it, but they're not apologetic, that's them admitting without admitting it, that they were wrong. The, fact that he didn't apologize to his players and the way that he comes off in this story, he looks like a clown and maybe things will get reversed, but Mark Adams should not be coaching again. If he spit at a player, end of story, no need for further discussion. Yeah. I can agree with that. Well said. Well said. All right. 
We've we got in Texas. There's plenty of Texas stories, story, other Texas storylines. <laughs> Anta, you said we we're going to stay in Texas. Yeah, there. Well, we have one minute left. We literally have 45 oh. seconds left. Oh, Qu- quick! You got 10 seconds to tell me what did Houston show you in beating Memphis? Go ahead, John. Well, I mean, they 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 showed a lot. They showed that they could. I think the biggest thing Houston showed was they played zone at the end of that game. I think it was just to sharpen up a little bit for the tournament. They could have played man. They played zone and they still won. I got the Cougs. My final four lock. That's my final four lock. Just, just That's a great your, way to being number one team. You're gonna get the best shot of everybody. Um, they just show that toughness and grit. Uh, something that I I didn't see. I didn't see uh, Alabama have earlier this 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 week, but uh, yeah, I was impressed. That does it for us, everybody. Thanks for listening. To After dark, see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we had two minutes. I know. It, it flies. It flies. All right. It is time for the afters. The afters. Hey, you know, we, we have YouTube commenters. Uh, we have somebody commenting in, by the way, love the afters intro. It's, it's fantastic. Um, someone commented in, my coach spit on me daily, and it's the reason I'm the man I am today. And then he said, am I trying to audition for a job sitting on my high horse right now? Um so the person that wrote that, I'm not even going to mention them by name. No, I'm not trying to sit on a high horse. The report was, is that he spit on a player. He then said he was slobbering. What the, what the heck is that? So he, he does, he does acknowledge that there was a transition, a transmission of saliva from his mouth to a player some in some manner. And it, it, it probably what happened was he's probably yelling and some saliva transferred. And what happens when that when that happens, you go, hey, I am sorry for spitting on you. Didn't mean to. You don't just walk away. Yeah, act like it did happen. It happened. So that's probably some it's probably something to that, man. So he's suspended. You know, Texas Tech has had a wild season. I mean, a, a wild season. And I feel so bad for Kevin O'Banner, man. He should have stayed at Oral Roberts. Yep. They lost to to Oklahoma State yesterday. Uh, They lose to Kansas by four. They fought hard, and now they're going to have West Virginia on Wednesday. Mountaineers guys are going to hear their name called after beating Kansas State on Saturday. And I think West Virginia will now win that game, that 8-9 game in the Big 12 tournament. West Virginia is winning that game. How about Virginia, man? I like West Virginia. Yeah. Solid play hard. They got a bad draw early. I mean, what they have like four or five like top 20 teams in a row or something like that. So uh, I like where they're at right now. We got people asking who's going to win the SEC tournament. Man, I'm going to give you a sleeper team. I'm going to give y'all a sleeper team. Vanderbilt. Whoa. Jerry Stackhouse, my guy. Um, I'm 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 gonna go. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I I like Alabama to be honest. I, I think Alabama is they have they have a little bit to play for, right? People are kind of down them. They leave they leave uh, Brandon Miller off the Naismith list, which you know is, is their prerogative. It is what it is. But uh, I think Alabama's a team to, to kind of watch. They've got that tournament type of game too, where you know, they, they get a lot of shots up. They like to get up and down. So 
Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Don't I don't, I don't want to sleep on Kentucky either after what they Stay did. Kentucky. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be. Did you just say you hate Kentucky? I said I'm fading. I'm fading Kentucky. I'm fading oh, oh, them. you're fading, yeah, fading them. them. What? Fading Wait a minute. Kentucky. Why are you fading Kentucky? They just beat uh, Arkansas. I think they're a sell uh, high team right now. They're playing really well. Um, I think uh, I think they're just a sell high team right now. In the SC tournament. I think they'll have a letdown. They're locked in already. They've been locked in. They've had to fight their way in. Now they're in. They're gonna, they're gonna play, they play first. They're gonna win a tournament game. They're gonna break their three-year streak. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how well, far we think. they're gonna win the tournament game. Um, Kentucky's gonna play Vandy. Wow. Or uh George LSU. So likely Vandy. Wow. So, so Kentucky Pat, Vandy, baby. Pat, your guys have to win. So they're they're not gonna break their three-year streak then. <sighs> I'm telling you, man, Vanderbilt. They they beat Kentucky on senior night. Like how y'all do y'all do Oscar like that, man? Y'all Oscar Shebay, he's one of my favorite college basketball players to watch of all time. And they and they had to go in there and, and make it so his last game erupt, they lost. I don't know how they, they got they they struggle rebounding, but they play, they they usually almost always take the, the best shot. And that was without Liam Robbins. If Liam Robbins is in the picture, who's been playing his way into the first round draft pick conversation at being a seven footer that can really shoot the ball and protect the rim. Um, if he's available, I, I still take Vanderbilt to beat Kentucky. I'm taking the team that's won eight in their last nine games. I'm taking Texas A&M to win the SEC tournament. I, I, I love the way that they're playing. That guard play is big time. Wade Taylor, the fourth, his performance against Alabama was absolutely fantastic. You know, what's, a, what's amazing about them. The biggest thing is how good of a free throw shooting team they are. Oh, ridiculous. They they don't miss free throws. So that that in and of itself is going to help them so much in the tournament. All right, we were asked Big East tournament. Oh, yeah. Villanova. Big East tournament. So you got – here's what you got here. You got Marquette as a top seed. Marquette potentially – well, they're going to meet St. John's or Butler on Thursday. Providence and UConn, first Big East tournament meeting between the Friars and Huskies – since 1998, it's going down Thursday, 2.30. Cannot wait to be inside the Mecca. It's going to be bonkers in there. At 7, it'll be potentially looking like Xavier Seton Hall. Seton Hall blew out Providence on Saturday. That's crazy. Look out. And then at 9.30, in all likelihood, Creighton and Villanova in a rematch of last year's championship game. So, who do you like to win the Big East tournament? Who, you know, I'm 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 gonna go U- UConn. Uh, oh man, I, I, I'm gonna go UConn. I thought about Marquette, but I feel like Marquette doesn't really need to win. I feel like UConn is a team that's, you know, this is I guess Bet Rivers is part of a sponsor of uh, Field of Sixty Eight. Uh, there's a reason that UConn, <laughs> even though they're not in the like top their 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 odds to go to the final four winning is like top five you know they're not in our top five picks so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna side with vegas on this i think uconn's gonna make some noise in this big east tournament you know i was thinking i was thinking about uconn um but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go against shaka smart man i i, I love what he's done um the way their, their style of play i think they're gonna be a not only a tough matchup in in the big east but in the ncaa tournament so i'm just i'll keep that one short and sweet Marquette's my favorite to get it done. 
Shout out Rob. So my only my only one seed that I'm I'm in a conference tournament that I'm going, I'm choosing to win it. Hmm. Who am I taking to win the Big East tournament this week? Big news, by the way, tonight. Zach Fremantle done for the year with a foot injury. I am going to go ahead and take the team that I think fell off the radar for a couple of humbling losses a few weeks back. The Creighton Blue Jays win the Big East tournament for the first time in program history. Uh, why? They, I can't. Why? They beat Villanova. They're going to beat Villanova in the 3-6 game. I think they get revenge on Nova for what happened in Philly a couple weeks back. They'll be ready for that game. Craig McDermott will have them prepared for that game. They win that game. Then they're going to play Xavier or Seton Hall. I like them over either of those two teams. They, met, they Remember, they, they, they blitzed Xavier in Omaha in, earlier in February. So I like the draw. Xavier's shorthanded now, no Fremantle. He's out of the equation. I like them in that game. And then I think they'll meet UConn in the final. I just like the way that they match up with Connecticut and think it comes down to a couple of possessions. Trey Alexander, Baylor, Shireman, if they're making shots. If Art Kaluma gets going, yeah. Creighton's the best team in this league. Art Kaluma gets going. I'm going with the third-seeded Blue Jays to have their shining moment at Madison Square Garden. I can't, I can't argue with it, especially they play on my Huskies. I can't argue with that. It's going to be a good one. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yep, yep. UConn has beaten Creighton once in seven tries. It's hard to beat a team. It's hard I to like beat a team. team. It's, hard, it's hard to win a lot of, you know, a, that means the pressure's on Creighton. UConn For got sure. nothing to lose. For sure. And don't sleep on Seton Hall to potentially upset Xavier. I know it could be a surprise to some people. Seton Hall played really, really well this past week. And Shaheen Holloway, mm -hmm. you guys know this, we talked about earlier in the year, they defended a very high level. If they're scoring the ball, Oldie Colley and, and Dre Davis scored the ball really well at Providence. There's my sleeper pick potentially in this tournament that kind of comes out of nowhere and could make the semis, and they're playing for their lives. Because they Listen, are. They're not, they're not a tournament team. You, you, I, I say in two to three years, man, Shaheen Holloway is going to have Seton Hall right up there towards the top of the Big East, man. You could, you could just see his culture. You could see what, what's going on there. You could see the fight, the energy. I hope know. so. Yeah, man. They, they're they're going to be good, man. I, I like how he, 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 he relate, like when he's talking to the players and, you know, how he kind of interacts with them, man. Um, he's going to get some guys. So it'll be fun. Trevor, we got anything? Yeah, we got a few more. Um, let's see. Michael asked, what's a bigger surprise, Purdue being a one seed or North Carolina not even making it? North Carolina not making it. <laughs> Purdue was picked to finish, I think, eighth in the Big Ten preseason, I'll remind you. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Purdue. You know why? Because North Carolina at one point wasn't a tournament team last year. Yeah, so they've 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 reverted to the team that they were. Is what they they lost Brady Manick. Yeah, and and he opened up so much. By the way, we got Jaguars hoodie, and you got your your Buccaneers thing behind you. So who's 
Who's Florida's best football team? Oh, Jags. That's easy. They don't even got a quarterback right now. They don't know who it is. But you guess what? You know who, who they're quarterback I mean, oh, you mean you mean this year? Oh, I thought you were talking about Super Bowl we won two years ago. My oh, no. Now I'm talking about the, the present. I'm just checking. The Bucks don't even – you know what? You got Kyle Trask. You, you listen, you guys, listen, Jacksonville, love what you guys are doing. I do. <laughs> but you got to show me – hey, don't, don't pull the Tar Heel and, 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 and flunk out next year when you guys have so much momentum. That's all I'm saying. Well, it, 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 the way it works out right now for us, the AFC South, Tennessee, trash. Houston, Texans, tr- major trash. Right. Uh, and then, uh, oh my God! Oh man! Listen, if we could get Deshaun Watson to figure it out, you... he's got a lot to figure out. You might be all right. No, actually, the Browns, the Browns, this is the year. I mean, Deshaun Watson's guy, he's warmed up now. He, hey, he, he, he got two hundred sixty million guaranteed. That's why my boy Lamar can't get paid. I need to see him do something. Why did they pay him? Why did they? They just mess up the whole. Market. I got my quarterback, man. It blew up the whole market for Deshaun. Wow. I got my quarterback, man. Let's go. Hey, I lived across, when I played for Cleveland, I lived across the uh, bay from the stadium. So I used to go to the game. I literally, because I could not leave my street, I was by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I would go to the games and eat, just to eat, because I couldn't go anywhere else. I'd walk to the stadium to eat. So <laughs> I, I got a soft spot for the Browns, man. You go to the game just to eat food. Yes, because where I lived at, I don't know if you know. You're right. You're right there. You're in a I'm, tough area. Right There's not the many restaurants. Yeah, I, you know, I can't. I can't. They block it off. I can't leave. So, and there's so much traffic. I just go to the stadium. I walk, buy a little ticket, eat, watch the game a little bit. If I have an off day. So during the fall, this is my Browns wear. But Trevor, this is my Indiana outfit this week. I like the, I like the, the warmth. You look warm. It does look. Co- it does look cold. Somebody- I'll take a picture. Dude, that orange is almost as ugly as Tennessee orange. It's not, but almost. Trevor, wouldn't this be great on no contact CBB Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it would be. What uh, else do we have? A, a couple more here with with John and this. Oh no, nope, okay. he's 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 gonna. Okay. Oh, I mean, that's what's staying in it. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'll oh, my man, my man, John, fans is going to get order from Crate and Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> What do you got, Trevor? <laughs> okay. Um, Brady asked, what's one name that we are going to either – we might already know him or learn it in March, like one stud guy who's going to be – everybody's talking about him in March because his team's making a run and he's carrying him. Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, well, Marcus Sasser. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I like Marcus Sasser. I, today he kind of he's 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 he, he impressed me today. I mean, he played well. He looked good. He looked confident. I, I like Sasser as a guy that people aren't talking about that are going to be talking about by the end of the tournament. That they're not that they're not talking about a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think a guy that could come up big is Matt Bradley from San Diego State. Um, by virtue of the Aztecs are so sound defensively. They've got balance. They could win multiple tournament games, and Bradley doesn't get discussed a lot nationally. So I think Bradley's a guy, you know, I think we've talked a lot about him, but if, if St. Mary's gets on a run, Aiden Mahaney's going to be the star of the nation. Like, because he's just such, his game is so likable. It's so smooth. 
So those are two guys that I would pick. Maybe in the, you know, like in the back half, it's another chance for Max A. Smith to make storylines. Yep, if right Charleston, if Charleston makes the tournament, Dalton Boland's going to win over the country because his nickname is Psycho D. He plays the game <laughs> with his hair on fire. Dalton Boland's a name you should remember. All right. What else that we got? Some, that was some high level college basketball talk right there. Yeah, that was. That was high level yeah. right there, Kansas. Along those same uh, high-level lines, somebody wants to know if you had to put your stamp on one mid-major double-digit seed to make it to the second weekend, who is it? Hofstra. Is it Hofstra? Is, I don't know if Hofstra if they, is. If Hofstra. they can win it, yeah. Yeah, I like Hofstra. I like Hofstra. If they, if they get in there. See, the funniest thing, the funniest thing about that is is that if they get beat, it's probably Charleston beating them. Yeah. So it could be the CAA winner. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take the CAA winner. Okay, you'll take the yeah. CAA winner. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, keep an eye on Toledo out of the MAC. If they can win it, if they can win the MAC tournament, they're a really dangerous team, Trevor. You know, uh, we've, we've talked about them a couple times. But that's a team that's 25 and six. They've won 15 games in a row. If the Rockets can win the MAC tournament, it's going to be hard because Kent State's good, Akron's good, it's in Cleveland, so those fan bases will be there in full force. But I'm in on the Rockets. They challenge themselves in the non-conference. I like them. Hey, don't sleep on Mike Rhodes and VCU to make the second weekend. Could see, could What's, see, could see VCU make the second weekend. What's what we got FAU at right now? Well, right now they're uh, so on uh, bracket matrix, which is the composite of everything. They're a nine seed. Okay. On our fielding the sixty-eight, which is every Monday and Friday at five Eastern time, uh, Florida Atlantic is currently a nine seed on that as well. And based on projections, they're in. You know, by being a nine, even if they lose the Conference USA tournament, they are in the field. So they're not a double-digit seed. Um, I like Toledo. I think Oral Roberts could certainly do it. But keep an eye on Mike Rhodes and VCU. Ace Baldwin is big time. All right, last one from me. Who's your guys' first team All-American? Oh, yeah. I had it. I, 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 whoever gets – I'll probably pull it up, man. Let me see. Um, so I got um, – I got Zach Eady, Jalen Wilson – Trace Jackson Davis, Brandon Miller, and I'm going to go Azulis Tabellis. Uh, I had the same first three as you. Uh, I'm going to throw ah, I'm going to throw Keontae Johnson in there. Ooh, I yeah. missed him. I like that. And at point, gosh. I just did five guys because I feel like it's going to be a big team. I'm going Marcus Sasser. Oh yeah, that's you're right. I'm going. Marcus. I couldn't decide for like I I I thought about Sasser, but I, I threw him on my second. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here's my first team All Americans: Zach Eady, Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen Wilson, Brandon Miller. And after a lot of thought, 
and I put a lot of thought into this, because of his value, his overall productivity, and if you took him off his team, they would not be, they would not, they might not even be a tournament team. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. I went with Drew Timmy. Oh, wow. Timmy, I, I put on there because he just wills Gonzaga. Tyler Cola came very close to getting a nod for me for his elite point guard play. He's on my second team. Timmy it's on my, think it's on my almost, second team. I almost put Jaime Hawkins on my first team. I mean, best player. He's going to get Pac-12 player of the year, right? Pretty sure. Um, on the best team in the best conference, I mean – I'm not the best because I'm sorry, just the best player on the best team in that conference. I mean, you got it. I mean, he's at least second team, but I almost threw him on first, man, because he's another part, like like you said, if they don't have him, UCLA is nowhere near as good as it's they true. are. It's so. true. And now we await the Jalen Clark status. That'll be interesting. Right. Trevor, are we good? Let's do yeah. toast. Oh, mine is easy. I'll go first. I was ready go for ahead. this. Abdul Amir Abdul Rahim with Kennesaw State. As you said, they have won one game in 2019-2020 to making their first ever school appearance in the NCAA tournament. I had a chance to see them play Florida uh, in the non-conference, and I was like, man, they look all right. Like, they, they have a chance. They got, not, honestly, in, in the A-Sun, and they did not disappoint. So, uh, toast goes to them. I'm hoping they can come away with the tournament win. I don't know where they're going to match up with, but uh, they're going to play extremely hard, and they will not be out of that game by any by any means. I'm going to toast to – go off the books. I'm going to toast to Gene Statori, the college basketball rules analyst, who I feel like I've he's, – he's on call at all times of the day every weekend – Hey, shout out to him explaining us what the hell is going on out there because wow. there's been some wild stuff, wild Left calls, field. wild plays. And so shout out to him for dumbing it down for us and everyone else. Cheers to him. Hey, I hope he's getting some rest tonight because I'm going to be calling him a lot next week. <laughs> Gene Steratore, somewhere, somewhere I hope that Gene can have a drink. Is he in like a, you know how like Batman has like the cave where it's like a hundred screens. Is that where he's at? I can't be right believe, I can't believe you just toasted the officiating expert. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's amazing. Hey, I'm, I'm going to toast Drew Pember and UNC Asheville. First time they're going dancing since 2016. Mike Morrell, who's the head coach of Asheville four years ago, they were in a lowly spot. A lowly spot. I mean, you look at this program, and in 2018 19, in 2019, they were capping off a season in which Morell's first year, they went four and 27. Four and 27, four years ago. Today, you're down by 14 to Campbell. You are staring at a loss, season ending, all that. They come back from 14 down. They win. Drew Pember is a beast. He goes for 29 points. They got 24 points from Tajion Jones. Great win for Coach Morrell and the Bulldogs of UNC Asheville. They are going dancing.
And I love tracking the bids. We got more conference tournament finals tomorrow. Congratulations, Kennesaw State, UNC Asheville, Drake, FDU, Southeast Missouri State. Those are the five going dancing. More to come tomorrow. We're getting those coaches, those players' reactions as well when they are clinching their tickets to the dance. We'll have more tickets punched tomorrow. And we're back with you at 11 Eastern Time, Field 68 After Dark. Check out the daily in the morning. Check out the three-man weave guys as well. Feeling the 68 bracket shows at 5 Eastern. For Trevor, for Patrick Young, for John Henson, I'm John Fanta. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you again in about 23 hours. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.